Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Vigorito. Don Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Okay, good evening everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. A new year, 2018. And we enter our 12th season, so uh, a lot of exciting stuff going on as the uh, Miami Dolphins start their season off. And, uh, of course, there's been so much off-season activity uh, that you don't quite know you know, what to expect going in. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, but obviously this was... Uh, on par for what the Miami Dolphins uh, have uh, had happen in the last, I guess, decade or so. It seems like there's always something strange that goes on, and, and in this case, it's a seven-hour opening day extravaganza. So uh, we will delve into that, and uh, I will be joined uh, shortly alongside my uh, co-host, Rich Van Zant as we... Uh, Usher in the uh, Miami Dolphins 2018 season, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting, if for nothing else. As the Miami Dolphins go to uh, 1-0, and they beat the Tennessee Titans at home uh, 27-20, to and it's a game that has uh, a, a lot of subtext. There's a lot of good stuff. There's, uh, I guess, uh, there's some bad stuff. There's also some... Uh, to quote my uh, co-host, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, there's all three of them. And of course, we'll get a different take there. I, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than than Rich certainly is on this team, albeit it doesn't really take much to to do that. But uh, this this game was uh, a very unusual game, and there was a lot of different facets to it uh, from all angles and, and edges and, and, and you name it. Uh, it was just one of those games that, uh, you know, um, kind of all over the board. So uh, without further ado, let me uh, welcome in Rich uh, and, and partner. Twelfth uh, season is now in the books, my friend, or underway, I should say. Underway. Not underway. <laughs> Not in the books. Underway. Uh, Rich, uh, let's start off now. The Miami Dolphins, uh, they open up at home. Uh, there's been so much uh, ongoings uh, throughout the, the off season, and so the question marks were certainly abound uh, going into this game. Um, they finally, you know, start the game off, and, and uh, there's this huge delay, and I think that's the first thing that we, we have to address is that I've never seen anything like it. Now, people are saying, you know, it's the longest game in NFL history. Yeah, well, obviously it is, but, you know, I don't really look at it that way because it's it's bizarre because you have a four-hour delay, two and then another two, basically, and, uh, you know, what a day. Yeah, bizarre, very bizarre. I mean, 
The first the first delay was like unbearable. The second one was like Chinese water torture. I mean, imagine being there. I mean, that's that's, that's really, well. A lot of people didn't stay. Yeah, I you mean, can tell it, by the crowd in the second delay, it looks like like ninety percent of the people bailed out. No, I don't think it was ninety. I don't think it was ninety you, because they, I, I know. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I thought there were more than I thought there'd be that stuck around for that. I mean, you're talking four oh, hours and deck, yeah, the whole upper deck yes. was empty, and it was that sporadic downstairs. I mean, it, it, it wasn't that like sporadic. There, there was a good twenty-five thousand, twenty, twenty thousand to twenty-five thousand people still in that stadium. Um, at the uh, at the end of that game, and that's surprising to me. I didn't think, you know, I, I didn't think that there would be. Um, I mean, that's just like you said, it, 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 it's a it's a slow torture, really. I mean, especially with that heat, and you know, the 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 the, the rain, the heat, the mugginess, um, to to you know put up with that, and you don't really know what's going on there. Uh, we had a similar circumstance once in a preseason game. Uh, the Dolphins played the Giants, and there was that kind of delay, and that was that was horrid, and that was only for a little bit, and that was before the game started. So I could just yeah. imagine, you know, there. I don't know what you do there, and that's why I say I was surprised that there was that many kind of left in the building. Yeah, like I said, I didn't think it was that many, but whatever. It, you know, it, it it just seems to me I would have been gone. I, I don't think I could have made yeah. it the second one. Yeah, you know? no, I, I know that, yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt. <laughs> it's not like you watched other games there either. It's what are you going to do for two hours, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what you do. Remember, they cleared, they cleared the stands. So that means you've got to stand somewhere for two hours, which is even more brutal. Yeah, it really is. I mean, isn't that par for the course of this disorganization and this team? It just seems like, and, and, and you, it's not even a dig. I'm not even digging at the organization at this point. I'm, what I'm saying is it just seems like there's always something going on, and it's always the Dolphins in the middle of it. Yeah, well, look, look, look what happened yesterday with the Nealon again, right? We're the only team that was involved with that. Yeah, it right? just seems like we're always, yeah, always we're the heartbeat of whatever. Yeah, yeah, poster child. child for every controversy, you know. Yeah, it, it just seems like that that is the case, and then you know, um, but uh, whatever. Like I said, par for the course. Uh, so now, when you look at it, um, and you're basically, uh, you know, you have the Tennessee Titans coming in, a playoff team from last year. Uh, there's been so many moves that have, you know, went on. Uh, you don't really know what to to make of it. It was an unusual game, big plays, um, you know. But the, the, in some aspects, yes. Uh, in some aspects, no. I thought that they were sharp in in a lot of a lot of areas. Um, you know, I, I'll start off. I, I think that. From the offensive side of the ball, I saw a lot of things that I really liked. But the first, the first thing you have to look at is the running game, and I thought that they were able to really do some nice things uh, in, in the running game. Now Frank Gore, an added addition. Me and you clash on this. Uh, you know, I've, I've obviously always been a Frank Gore. Uh, advocate, a fan, whatever you want to call it. I, th- I think that, you know, obviously Frank Gore is going to the Hall of Fame when this is said and done. He's not going to the Hall of Fame because of what he's done or, or going to do in a Dolphin uniform. But I-, I think that, you know, adding a guy like Frank Gore to uh, Kenyon Drake, um, you know, is, is certainly a-, a solid one-two there. If you didn't have Kenyon Drake, and let's say the Dolphins needed a-, a running back and they went out and they got Frank Gore, 
Well, then I could certainly see, you know, your side of it, uh, you know, because I don't think that would be what, uh, you know, beneficial. But having Kenyon Drake and then Gore to spell him or go back and forth, I, I, I think is more than adequate. I don't think it's anything like the Arian Foster move, uh, which we both were against there. And I thought Frank Gore played an excellent game. I thought he had a lot of, a lot of uh, pop in his step. And, uh, you know, with him and Drake, uh, I thought that the running game really, uh, you know, seemed like they were, they were doing a lot of crossbacks. Uh, they were doing a lot of misdirections, some uh, traps and things like that. And it, it just seemed like it really opened up. Gore, nine carries for 61 yards. I'll take that any day of the week. He had a 21-yard long. And then you had Drake, who had 14 for 48. So between the two of them, you know, 109 yards or whatnot. Uh, I thought it was a very productive day from the backfield. Yeah, you know, it didn't seem like after the after the break, though, they did anything. It seems like it was all done before the break, right? Um, yeah, I think the there's first a... Half. They, so the second yeah. half, they didn't really run the ball. Like, you know, a second half. I, there's like four halves in this game, it seems. But you know what I mean? It seems that the yeah. first lightning break, they didn't do anything. And yeah, then after the second lightning break, really did zero. A couple ways of looking at that. There were some real big plays there, the kickoff returns and stuff like that, back and forth, which we will get into. And then there was, of course, some really big plays in the passing game um, that didn't really leave much room for, for that. And, and I guess the question comes down to this. The question comes down to, did the break – the delay, did it help or hurt the Dolphins? My opinion of it is that it didn't necessarily help them because I thought that they were, you know, kind of in a pretty good spot before it, but I don't think it necessarily hurt them either, if that makes any sense. Um, but I do think that it definitely affected certain certain aspects of the team and the defense and maybe like you said possibly the running game but I, I don't really think so but well, I, you know, I don't really think it, again I think the main you know the, the main thing that helped us was Mariota getting hurt again yeah I mean it definitely you can't say Mariota getting hurt and out of the game you know what did, didn't uh didn't hurt them uh, of course you know there's no doubt about that um I thought that the Dolphins yeah, you know, we had that's how we beat him last year. That you is know, how we beat him last is. year, but I but the, yeah. but he didn't play last year. You know, he didn't play. No, but I he played he you. played for a good portion of this game and I thought that yeah. they did did a very good job handling him. You know, I don't I it wasn't like it was like lights out when he left. You know what I'm saying? No, I think the Dolphins were doing They were winning and I thought that they had you know, not complete control of the game. I'm not saying that, but no, I thought that they were in a pretty good spot with yeah. him. I thought that they were in a pretty good spot with him. So I didn't really feel that Mariota getting hurt was the reason the Dolphins were able to win the game. I, oh, think, I think they were going to win this game. I don't, think it was the, I don't think it was the main factor, but I think it was definitely a factor because Blaine Gabbert was pretty inept. Some, no, I don't some think he was inept. I don't think he, he was, was a net. Balls. He was he overthrew people. Yeah, he wasn't good. He had, yeah, he wasn't good. He but Mariota wasn't good terrible, either. Two well, wait, two terrible interceptions. And that were no, he had one. Jones. He, no, he had one. Mariota had two. Mariota had so, two interceptions. So Galbert only had one interception. Had one? Yeah, okay. Mariota had two. Was it after the hit? 
No, 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 I don't think so. After the after the um the arm hit, you well, mean about the oh, hand? Breaking breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news. You ready for this one? Yeah. Darnold's first NFL career pass is a pick six. Yeah, I, is that right? Is that right? <laughs> yes. Just you know what? I actually should add. Uh, I I forgot. I mean, obviously, listen, we're 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 a live show, but we, we're basically a taped show. Everybody, you know, is going to listen to our broadcast. But right now, as we speak, the opening season has started off, and uh, the Jets are playing the Detroit Lions Monday Night Football in what is going to be a double bill, and uh, and and the the Rams will take on the Oakland Raiders at, at the second game, 10 o'clock. But Rich is saying now that uh, Sam Darnold's debut has uh, is a pick six, basically. It's a pick six. His first pass in the NFL is a pick six. <laughs> and, uh, and they have the camera on him, and some jet is flipping out a lineman to get the camera out of his face. <laughs> is that right? You know, what a great way to start the season. J-E-D-S. <laughs> does, does anybody realize how excited you are right now? Like, it's amazing how it takes much. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. So it, so it's basically uh, seven nothing right now to start it off. Seven huh? nothing, Detroit. Fourteen forty-two to go in the first quarter. <laughs> Can you describe how, how? What was it? What what kind of pass was it? It was like a little dump pass to his left, and he he was had a little bit of pressure, and he he just threw it into the flat, and the quarterback just took it to the house. He just like ran up. It was right to the like you know. It was it was like a short pass. He tried to like finesse it, you know, like a little lob. And yeah. uh, the quarterback just came up, took it, took it right in. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> How about that? And, of course, the uh, the Dolphins up here next week for the, uh, the Jet game. They'll be uh, oh, the Jet season opener. Uh, uh, once again, the Miami Dolphins will, will take that. You know, Rich, the one thing that I, I, I would say is that, you know, this division is a very strange division. Buffalo looks like they might be one of the worst teams Atrocious. in football. Right, yeah. terrible they look. Yep. And a quarterback yep. situation there is odd, if nothing else. It's it's very strange. Um, and so we'll see how that plays itself out. And then of course the Jets are going to be, you know, a question mark. They think they're much better than you know a lot of people, including us, <laughs> think that they're going either. to be. And then the New England Patriots, seems like it's always the same thing. The New England Patriots are, you know, on par to just, you know, do their thing. And, uh, you know, it's been said, and I kind of agree with this, that you don't really know what kind of team you have until you play four games. You can't really judge a game, uh, a team, until they're they're four in. And I I think there's a lot of validity to that. Um, But the Miami Dolphins. The way the preseason is, I mean, no one plays in these games. So uh, there is a lot of bad football in the first few weeks. You know, there's well, a lot there of is, rust. But, well, there is a lot of rust. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, another thing, too, that I have – you you, uh, you know how I feel about the preseason. I mean, you, you yeah. I think it's, you know, to gauge anything. You, you seem to get caught up in it this year, which I thought was ridiculous because you were judging it and gauging it. And I told you it's – and, and if you look at week one, it really is not reflective of anything. That happened in the preseason, including the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you you can't get any gauge from that. I, I think the preseason is ridiculous. If you think that you're going to be able to watch that and and come from anything from that, you're not. Dolphins look like a totally different team. Team offense is in the preseason against the other team's first offense, and they can't get a first down. It scares you a little bit. 
it, it doesn't necessarily scare me because I know what it, it entails. And I know, like, what they're doing. And, you know, it, it didn't really scare me. I was surprised that a veteran like you got so alarmed by it. Well, I'm but, not, well you think I'm relieved because we beat the Tennessee Titans yesterday? That I think well, the teams, everything's rosy? Well, relieved or not, you, you have to admit that the preseason – had no reflection at all on how this team played. And we're going to get into different facets of it. But, you know, none, nothing that you were alarmed about in the preseason came to fruition. None of it. Not one thing. The, the, the team in the preseason, it was just basically a team going through motions, ready to cut 42 people. That's what it really looked like to me. Now, if, if you look at the Dolphins' schedule now, and this is what I was saying, as far as four games, I mean, the Miami Dolphins are going to be an enigma because you have the Tennessee Titans, who they've beaten. Then you're coming up to the Jets. And, uh, and then you have the Oakland Raiders and the New England Patriots. So uh, that's a tough four games right there. I mean, that, that's yeah. – when you when you look at that, you know, you know, you're almost ready to sign the contract for two and two out of that schedule. So I don't know what you're going to read on that, but it's going to be tough. I mean, you're literally looking at you know two of of top teams in the league, right? In the Raiders and the Patriots, and then you come into another hostile environment up here. Now you you could also say that the the Tennessee Titans you know, it would be a, a tough matchup, but you already got that in the book. I mean, they're a playoff team from last year, so, but you already got that one in the book, so, you know, uh, we're, we're kind of judging it where it's already started, if you will, but it's going to be a tough four games. It's going to be a tough season. Yeah, it's going to be a tough season, but I'm saying... Any game that we have is going to be an easy game for us. No, it's not. It's, the schedule's pretty tough, you know? but my point is... We, we, my don't point is that, we don't have that kind of team that's going to ever dominate anybody, I don't believe. You know, no, I agree with you, but my point is to that four-game com- analogy that I just gave you. Yeah. This is yeah. going to be a tough four-game, you know, to, 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 to basically pick or to read on, you know, which I think, you know, when you kind of look at it uh, as far as that goes, you, this is the kind of thing where I think you gotta you got to beat the teams you, you you're can or supposed to beat because it well, gets harder and harder as a, you know. Yeah, if you don't beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you have no chance to make the playoffs. And this schedule is going to get harder and harder as it goes along. Yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's no, no denying the end that. Of it is really brutal. Brutal, brutal, yeah. absolutely brutal. And the end of the schedule, right? It, it's and we very never tough. Play well, at the end of the year, you know that. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, but from everything that's happened with this team and all the moves. I mean, I think you have to be realistic about, you know, what your expectations are and, you know, and stuff like that. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come on back, and uh, let's, let's break it down from all assets, uh, facets. I think there was a lot of, a lot of things uh, that I really enjoyed uh, that I thought were much better than I thought they'd be. And then, of course, there was other things that looked like they were the same. So we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Dan Marino. You're listening to the Pacatella Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. 
Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. I'm joined alongside Rich Van Zant as we uh, embark on our 12th season uh, doing the Legend Show. And of course, you can uh, catch us on iTunes. Uh, just go uh, right to iTunes uh, Podcast, Pat Catello Show, and you can uh, download uh, and have every uh, episode and archive uh, right onto your phone. And uh, you can send us any questions or comments, uh, com. And uh, just a shout-out to thank everybody for uh, all the support that we've gotten uh, all through the off-season and, and all uh, the, the kind remarks, emails, and and uh, just the support coming from everybody. And we, we certainly appreciate that as, uh, you know, you kind of get a different – Get a different take on uh, on the Dolphin season, and I know, uh, Rich, a lot of our viewers uh, and listeners, you know, they uh, they they come from a different, uh, I guess, angle because because we kind of represent the out of market Miami Dolphin fans, which is a different thing, and it's something we know a lot about. We obviously uh, 
you know, grew up like that. And, and, uh, and I think there is a different sentiment and mentality and feeling, you know, just different. I'm not saying better or whatever. It's just very different than that of, you know, the down to just a typical living in South Florida, uh, attending the games or being a Dolphin fan. You agree? How, how's it different? What are you talking about? Well, I think that when you live down in 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 the area and you're going to the games there and everything, I think you have a tendency to just get caught up in in a different a different part of it. You know what I mean? It's it's almost like it's an event. It's uh, you know you're you're used to certain things and maybe you buy into a lot more of the propaganda, or maybe you don't buy into it there. But I just think that you know you kind of you get you get a a different amount of it fed to you on a daily basis. Well, you think that you think that they're more gullible down there? Is that what you're trying to say? Like they're they they're buying into like they're gonna be like a playoff team this year? I think what I think is I think that you got a lot more I know this is gonna sound crazy, but I think you got a lot more fair weather that in a sense they they uh they start out but then they completely like just turn on it. So I think it's almost like more negative down there. Like I, I think that they, they lost a lot of, you know, they lost a lot of their fan base this year. I mean, you know, season ticket holders that way. Oh, without a doubt. I, I don't, know, I don't but, you know, I read the articles I, in the Sentinel and the, and the Herald. I mean, there's some propaganda articles, but I mean, most of it are, are kind of negative, you know? Well, I think there is there a lot down there. The negative slant, you know? Yeah, and and, and I, but I think that the, like I said, I think that the mentality of a lot of the local fans and stuff tends to be like to jump ship very quick and get very negative, irregardless. And I'm not just talking about now. I mean, even even back in the Marino days, right? Uh, you know, look sure. at look at I mean, some, the some of the days were bad. Yeah, I know. Terrible, right? Yeah, yeah like that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I I I think that the out of area. Mentality is just a little different. I think it's. It, well, you know, I'm it's not going to say. Point now, Todd, it's getting to the point now where if you grew up a Dolphin fan and you're not, you're not over 45 years old, you don't really know what it was like for them to be a great team. Oh, you know? that's I mean, for sure. The 20 year old fan doesn't, you know, doesn't have this opinion of this team, which they shouldn't. I mean, they've never seen them win consistently. You I mean, there's great people team. out there that root for this team that they've like, seen them in two playoff games and they got blown out in both. You, you say know, great their, team, yeah, it's good, good team, yeah. right? I mean, it's yeah. A, yeah. Really I agree with that. See the good Marino years, you know. The, I agree with that. I have yeah. listen. I have kids that fall into that age group that yeah. that have never seen, you know, seen just what you're saying. And uh, of course, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I don't even think it's uh, well, seeing a great team. You're lucky that you've seen so, a good team at times. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, that that's an accurate statement. There's no doubt. All right. So now looking back at this at the scheme, I mean, you know, I I don't think you can discount beating the Titans at home, but I don't think you can go too much into it. But I think it's a big thing because of everything that transpired. Uh, in the off season, there, you know what I mean. I think there was so much, so many unanswered questions in that. Um, but the thing that I take away, you know, I, I thought that the offensive line played fantastic. That's the thing that glimmers to me the most is how well. The, I didn't expect it. I did not expect the offensive line to play as well as it did. I, I thought that Kilgore, Satan, those two additions, I thought played excellent. 
Um, Juwani James was very good. I thought Tunsil was okay, and uh, and Jesse Davis was okay. But on a whole, I really thought that the uh, the offensive line, uh, the pass protection was stellar. Besides the one hit uh, on Tannehill, um, I thought stellar, and the and the running game really fed right off of that. So. You know, that's an area that I've had of concern. You know that. I thought that the offensive line and the linebackers were the biggest areas, you know, of concern. And I thought that the offensive line was really surprising at how well yeah, it Tana played. Yeah, didn't get any bad hits, really. You know, he took one hit on the knee, I think. You know, took one the point, one. Uh, yeah, it was a little higher than yeah. that. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so I, w- I was very happy about that. Um, you know, so as far as from an offensive standpoint, you know, one thing that you don't hear at all, I mean, you really haven't heard this at all, is the fact that Devontae Parker didn't play. <laughs> now, now, I, I think we both have a, 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 probably a different feeling of him. Or maybe you've changed. Even when he does play, I don't have the feeling that he played. No, but I never did. You once did. I never did. You used to I, I call him a Ferrari. When we first got him, I saw the highlights of him in, in college, and yeah. I'm like, wow, this is the receiver that we always wanted. The guy goes up and gets the ball. Yeah. He was elevating, one-hand catches, and then I've seen none of that since he's been here. No. Uh, I haven't either. And, and and that is something that, you know, stayed with you for a little bit. I mean, you you know, you still – we're on him. I, I I wasn't, but nobody's even talking about that. Um, I think that the I think that the wide receivers. Uh, I, I I like this wide receiving group. I know you lost Jarvis Landry, but I think that there's a lot of good things there. Uh, I like the addition of Albert Wilson. Um, Kenny Stills had a really good game. You know what you're going to get from him. Uh, Amendola, I think, you know, can be a very good uh, a player. Yeah, he's a possession you, receiver. He's going to be the closest thing we're going to have, to, you know, to replace Jarvis. There's no question. I mean, but, you could throw the ball to him five times in a row. Uh, but the thing that you're you know, worried about, and I guess it's a, right, but the thing you're worried about is him staying healthy, and that's a concern. Exactly. I mean, he's not a young yeah, kid. So you know, no. I, I think we both agree that if Danny Amendola is healthy, he can be a really good asset yep. to this team. He's a ball player. It just comes down to whether or not they, he's going to uh, stay healthy. They fall. They fall in love with throwing the ball short to Grant too much still, which you know, you know. Look, if you can bring him in as your fourth receiver and he's one on one and you can get him loose once in a while, I think that's what he's good for. But you're not going to be able to throw the ball over the middle to him. You know, and I, think I agree. They, they just they fall in love with that play too much. I agree with you, but why? Where are you getting that from in this game? I didn't really see them doing that too much in this yeah, game. Yeah, they did. After he made that one catch, they they went to him like two more times in a row, and it, you know, it wasn't even close. I mean, they threw the ball up to him and it almost got picked off. Yeah, well, I I don't like that. You know, I just, I, I don't. You know, yeah, I I think that that's a mistake. A, he's not going to be a great receiver. It's never going to happen. Yeah, you know, I agree. He's not going to be a there. great receiver. This guy's not a not a receiver, you know. I I think he can do some good things, and he's going to make big plays. I, let's face it, that I mean, the kickoff return was really the, the the biggest part of this game. It really changed a lot of things. I understand yeah. that they came right back and scored again, <laughs> but it's still it's still the you know it changed the complexion. I think it changed the way the feeling of the game and all that. So I still think that that's a you know a pretty big deal. 
One thing that I will say, one of the best pickups that's going under the radar is picking up Brandon Bolden from, from the Patriots. I mean, he's a special team superstar in a sense. And, you know, these teams have always had to, to go against him. So, you know, to now have him there, and I guess the Patriots and whatever their system is, you know, there was just no room for him there. But if you look at the, the Grant thing, and I watched it again, it's really Bolden and his block that – that, that open that up, yeah. Yeah. right? So, yep. and that's a big, yeah, that, that, that's a big pickup there. Um, now, the defense is something that I, I'm very concerned with, and I, I still think that it comes down to turnovers. You know, if they're able, this team has always been that way. When it gets turnovers and stuff, you know, it, it, it's going to it's going to be very successful. It's the games that you're not able to get that that is a concern. So, yeah, the run defense I, still scares me a little bit. Scares me a lot. Scares me a lot, like too. I don't have any faith. Over the middle, those passes over the middle, it seems like they're always wide open. You they know? find that zone. They find that cushion yeah. in between, yeah. and they seem like they can really exploit they that, and I worry. And our, our pass rush was non-existent yesterday. Non-existent. Nothing there. Nothing there no. at all. No. And and if the one thing that, you, you know, Quinn looked fantastic in the preseason. That's the one right. thing that you would have liked to have carried over, but uh, they had no pass rush really at all going into, you know. No. Uh, we we didn't get Sunday. a sack, I don't think, the whole game, right? No, I think you're right. I don't think sure. there was any sacks. And uh, it just seemed like, you know, there there really wasn't uh, – the, the things that we're concerned with I don't think were answered, and a better team might even find other ways to – to emphasize that, you know, um, I watched a couple breakdowns and uh, on on some of the the, the film study shows, and uh, you know, uh, Kiko Alonso uh, on that one play uh, was getting raved upon because he was uh, he didn't bite on that screen, so he really was right there. The play that he did wind up getting that that interception, him being in that position is a very good sign because, you know, that that's the play that, you know, he covered correctly. And I think he does a lot of good things at times, and he can be a big play guy. I just think that you've got to get the right support around him. If you have him out of position or doing things that he's not really good at, he gets exploited. But if you can, you can carry the ship around him, he can do good things. And and that this was a perfect example of it reminded me of two years ago when the success when they went to the playoffs it was because of the turnovers and the big plays and that's what they were able to do right Jones with the the, the two interceptions Kiko with the big one you know and then of course the the taking it to the house on the kickoff return by Grant like those are the kind of things that you're gonna really need um, you know to have that kind of season. Yeah, I, you know, look, the Jones had, you know, Jones had a great game and everything, but you know, those those picks were kind of like you know, Larry Brown picks. I mean, they were thrown right to. Him. Yeah, you in know, a sense, the one like he was falling down ball. though. Yeah, but yeah. You know what I'm saying they were overthrown balls. I mean, he made a nice catch on the first one, but again, yeah, the first one he made a really nice catch away from somebody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He was playing. Yeah, I do know, you know what you're they, saying. They were but thrown right at him. Yeah, I I, I got you, but I I think. My point is, it seemed like last year you got no turnovers. Even the balls no, that were thrown out, they just dropped, you, you know? No, right. And the year before that, they seemed like they got a ton of them. 
And I think yep. if they're able to, even if, the, if even it's not like they're doing something spectacular, if they, the ball's overthrown or it's a bad pass, if they're able to get that, you know, to catch it, I think it could be good. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I don't have, you know, I have higher expectations than you have. I like some of the additions more than you do. You know, but let's not go crazy. I mean, I'm not looking at this team to do magical things either. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I want. I hope that they're well, not. We're not, we're not far off. I'm thinking. I'm thinking five to six wins, and you're thinking seven to nine, right? I mean, it's not like we're a mile away. You're right. I, I, well, I think it's changed a little bit. I think you started off in the three-win category. But, no, I think yeah. we're both kind of – kind of the dust is settling. You're seeing some things. Yeah, I don't think we're that far off. I mean, I think, like you said, you know, we, we fall into those things. And I think that, uh, you know, the Dolphins can – you know, if they can get somewhere in that that seven to nine, maybe, you know, they can uh, have – you're going to need some good things to happen. You know, you're going to need some luck. You're going to need to stay healthy, and, you know, you're going to need some things to, to to happen that you don't really expect to happen. But most importantly, injuries, right? Injuries are, yeah. are, are key, yeah. and you can't really control them. Depth. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing we have 22 guys, never mind, you know, more than that. And the depth. You know, somebody gets hurt, the next guy in is pretty scary. Yeah. The, the offensive line, you have – Maybe Larson, right? You have Larson, who's no longer a starter. So you have him that could come in and and, and fill a gap needed. Um, And then you have, uh, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I couldn't even tell you. Uh, Maybe that's, who's that, Sam Young? Is that his name? Yeah, I don't know if he's still there. Is he still there? I think think he is. I think I've seen him on a depth chart somewhere. But my point is, like, that that's it. You know what I mean? Like, you really I, – I like the offensive line additions. I think that this offensive line is going to be better than it's been in a long time. But you have to put that asterisk there because, like anything else, if you don't get – if you get injured, you know, it's all out the window. And that's what it comes yep. down to, right? And yeah. I think the thing that – the thing that we both are – on the same page with, and it comes down to this. I like a lot of the people they brought in. I like a lot of the things they, they, they've done, and I think it could pan out really well. But the thing that aggravates me the most is I think that it's addition, but you didn't need some of the subtraction. And I think that the subtraction takes away from it because you got nothing for a lot of these guys. You gave them away, and it's a classic you know, organization snafu. All right, we're going to take our break right now. When we come back, we're going to go over that because I think that that's the thing that aggravates us the most is the fact that here you have all these guys that you let go and, you know, the front office and their ways of doing things doesn't go over our heads at all. And we're going to talk about that right after this. Hi, this is Larry Zonka, and you're listening to the Pat Catella Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. Sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736. 
or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Miami Dolphins Legend Show. Pat Catello joins alongside Rich Van Zant as we uh, come into the final stretch. Uh, and the uh, the Miami Dolphins had a big off season, and so uh, you know there was a lot of controversial picks and stuff like that. And we've gotten a lot of emails and and you know just a lot of discussion in the off season that we really haven't been able to address properly. And Rich, you know, like I said, I think that there's a, a lot of additions that I like. But I thought that they handled a lot of the exit moves terribly. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, look, we hated the one big one. There's yeah, no question about time. that. Still do. You know? They still do. I mean, there's, there was no reason. I mean, you find a guy like Jarvis Landry and you, know, you develop him. He's got more receptions in four years than anybody in NFL history. You promise the guy that you're going to sign him a year before he's eligible to be a free agent. And then you play games with him, and you ended up trading him for nothing to Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland got more, and re, you know, gave up more to you know to bring Tyrod Taylor in than we got for Jarvis Landry. That should really and let me be s- a, 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 a nightmare. That's like, why would you do that? You know. And let me stop you. Yeah, let me pause you for a second. And and that that in a nutshell is, is it because I think that if you wanted to sign him, they could have signed him. So long ago that they wouldn't even have to deal with the the Beckham type contract thing and all that. You know, they could have really locked this guy up and made him happy a long time ago. 
And, you know, they just seemed like they had no interest in doing that. It wasn't Tannebaum's guy. He didn't draft them. And so, you know, you know how that goes. And so uh, so they didn't. And then it became, you know, this this monster that they weren't going to be able to to sign. And it just seemed like they could have locked him up when it wouldn't have even been that big of a deal. So that that's the first thing I think that, you know, we both have somewhat of an issue with. And the Danny Amendola replacing him could be fine. I certainly think it could be fine, but I don't know how long-term. I mean, Jarvis Landry is a guy that certainly, you know, he's a young, young player, and he could be uh, for a long, long time. There was a lot of things about Landry that aggravated me, a lot of things that I wasn't crazy about, but I think that a lot of that had to do with the surrounding, you know, uh, with people that were on the field and even like, uh, you know, up, I think if you got the right people in place, you know, then Jarvis Landry could be, you know, really special. But that is what it is uh, as far as that goes. And I think that Cleveland, you know, gets him. And I think Cleveland has an enormous amount of young talent. The quarterback thing, you know, we don't know what they're going to be able to do, but he'll certainly help them as far as that goes. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. But but that's the one thing that, you know, I thought was a little surprising, you know, the way that they, they handled that. Not surprising because they've certainly shown that that's the way they were going to handle it. Let's be honest. Right. We, we saw right. him two years ago. Right. You know? You're right. So it's the, not surprising this, this in that regard. team did not like him. They didn't draft him. They want nothing to do with him. You could tell yeah. that. You could tell it. I agree. You know? Now, now the Jay Ajayi part. Um, this is a guy that, if you want to break it down, um, it's not so much Jay Ajayi that you know that we are in love with. I mean, he did some really special things. He had he did something that only four of the greatest running backs in the history of the league ever did, and that's all fine and dandy. If you know, you know, I, I think that you could certainly move on from him and go in a different direction. The thing that I have a problem with, and I think you do too, is I think they gave him away. I think at the very least you should have waited and come draft day or something like that, you could have gotten something for him. Obviously he got himself a Super Bowl ring last year. He had two touchdowns in opening day this year, had a very good opening game against the Atlanta Falcons. And he's going to be their featured back now going forward. How are they doing that with Sproles, who had a phenomenal game again? Um, uh, they like a third just, down guy only, but they, they're gonna, you know, Ajay's gonna carry the load. They said. Well, if that's the case, I mean, that makes it even more uh, aggravating. You know, I just think that yeah. this is a guy. I, I know Gase did not get along with him. They clashed, and it was a problem. You know, he benched them at the beginning part of of sixteen. Um, but I just, again, I felt like. You hit the Powerball when you drafted this guy. In, what was it, a late fourth round pick? Yeah. Yep. And then you know, just because you get another fourth round pick is ridiculous to me. You, you know, you're not going to get another. And then you take a running back with it. Like that running back's going to like ever be able to shine J.J. I know. Season. Why would you I, even take a running back with that pick? Does not really make any sense so, to me. So no, that's not sense. No. So that aggravated me there. Uh, you know, I just think that they didn't play that right, and I think that they could have. They could have did much better with him if they really had to get rid of him, okay? So putting that aside, right, there's two guys there. Um, 
And Dominican Sue, I, I don't necessarily have a problem moving on from Dominican Sue. He never became the player that me and you both thought he would be. The contract was high, although not not enormous as far as some of these other ones that you're seeing now. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I didn't have a problem moving on. Also, this was their move. This it was, was their, their move, big yeah. move. When, tell you about when he came here, that was his big yes. move. So That's him moving on move. from his own mistake isn't a, you know, I'm not going to be impressed with that. Oh, no, you know, I'm not impressed with it did. either. Absolutely. He created, his, he created his own problem. Yes, that's a good point, Rich. I mean, you know, he's basically, he's the one who, fa- you know, who failed at it. And now he's just basically yeah. cutting ties and moving on. And, and we're okay yeah. with that, but we're okay with it because it never panned out the way that he thought it yeah. was going to be. Good point. Exactly. Now, the, the Mike Pouncey move, we disagree. I, I've never been a Pouncey guy. You have, but I, I, I love that move. I love it. I, I, I think that that whole offensive line has been inconsistent for years, and it just was. It's time for a change. And you know, I think when you look at the comments and everything that that he made, and I think when you look at Pouncey, he was in the middle of a lot of this stuff. Uh, and you know, when they talk about a change in uh, um, basically the uh, the the, the personality of the team or, or what's what's the word I'm looking for um, the character of this team uh, you know he he's in the center of that you know, going all the way back you know until the Aaron Fernandez part of it you know the uh, the, the Martin and incognito thing incognito obviously took the the, the blunt of that entire thing but you know, Pouncey had, you know, he was in the middle of that too. He didn't show the leadership quality. And uh, and if you want to put all that aside, let's just go play. He did do some good things, but he was, uh, you know, so much of a question mark of whether or not he was going to play, the injuries and stuff like that. It got to a point where you never thought he was going to come back. It was a career-ending injury. He did come back. Um, I just, I, I'm ready. I was ready to move on from him. I think it was a good move. And again, I say I like Daniel Kilgore. I think that he was a very good center, and I think he's going to be good. Um, so that's how I feel about well, that. It, and it I, just and, cracks me up. It cracks me up any time I hear this team talk about character. So, you know. In what way? Explain it. Explain. Well, they have a they have an assistant coach that's doing drugs in in his office oh, yeah. on the facility last year, yeah. and they're talking oh, about no Well, no, but, you know, but the that, character that cracks me up. Well, but you but you're but you're saying you're talking about it. You're saying it like that because you're looking at the people saying it, and I agree with you. Right. It's hypocritical, yeah, I mean. and the people that yeah. are saying it are part of it. Right. I agree with you. Yes. But when I'm saying it, point. I think it's different. If I say it, I think it makes sense. Uh, not look, I never think I'm going to tell you I think Pouncey was a good guy. I mean, you know, I just thought when he played our offensive line play was a lot better. When he was yeah, out, it was he when he rough. played, but it wasn't yeah. good enough to put up with the nonsense. And I think that I, I would be very surprised if, you know, if, if you look back at the Pouncey thing and say, bad man, we made a mistake there. I'd be very surprised at that. I don't think that it's it's going to be something that's going to carry with you. And as far as the character thing, yeah, you're right. The the up top people in that organization are so hypocritical. But 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 when you really look at it, the character of the team was awful. And it goes all the way up. That's the thing. It goes yeah. all the way to every different level. And you know, so the Chris Forster move that you know with the cocaine and all that nonsense, and then. You know, the, it just—it was getting out of control, and and, uh, and so you, you you know, 
You got to do what you got to do. But when you look back at 16 and where that team was going into the playoffs then and, and, uh, and all that, um, I thought that they were really on the verge of something, and then last year was just atrocious, and uh, and now I think that they might be able to, to at least start heading back in that same direction, and we'll see. It's going to depend on, on a lot of moves that they make, and if they just keep doing this and then letting guys go to, to free up salary money and all that kind of stuff to work on Super Bowls and all that nonsense, There's then it's not going to make a like difference. They let a lot of guys go that, you know, that aren't, like, aren't common names that I think it was ridiculous, you know, like, you know, you build depth, you know, the guys that win you games, sometimes the guys you never heard of. Yeah, and, a lot of times you know, the guys they, never they heard of. They let a lot of depth go in the off season, and I don't know, they let a lot of people walk, and I don't think a you lot. can keep turning over the roster like that and not building from within, you know? You can't. And that's why I say, like, I think you're maybe, get, you can get back into the, the right direction, but if you keep doing these stupid moves and things like that, you're just always going to be going around in a circle. Always, yeah, you know, always. It's just never going to change. Now the last you know, I don't, part, I don't, think, I don't think Adam Gaze listens to our show, but you know, the one pet peeve I have here. I mean, can we lose the bubble screen, wide receiver screen play, please? Yeah, can you can and, you, and just you lose that, please? And we oh, said that it goodness. was coming, and sure enough, you know, you've seen it oh. plenty of times again. I know God, it's, it's terrible. It's a, it, it, it's a thing. It's no doubt. It's a thing, uh, and that they just. They, they just pound. They pound and pound and pound it. Now, as we come to the, the final minutes here, uh, and, and, of course, we highlighted a lot of things, but most importantly, and don't lose sight for anybody watching, the most important thing that came out of this game was our quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, returning and really doing some very, very good things. And, obviously, he looked healthy and uh, – you know, he made a couple bonehead passes, especially on the goal line. There's a couple of you know, interceptions there that you don't like to see, but he he made some really nice passes, converted a huge third down play to Drake, and uh, he was really accurate and, uh, you know, hit those, those long bombs. But most important, I think you see, that if anything changes, that's going to be the difference because let's face it, if you just look at this game alone, I don't remember one game, including the New England Patriots victory last year, uh, that Jay Cutler played like Tannehill played. You know, 20 for 28, very accurate, the two touchdowns. Yeah, the two picks, but I just I just think he's able to take it to a level that Cutler never even sniffed. And me and you yeah. have always been supporters of Tannehill. He gets a lot of bashing. He gets, you know, he really, he's he's already set up to be the scapegoat for this year. But uh, to see him, you know, be able to come back and play like that opening day, you know, I I I was very happy to see that. And I, and any success that this team will have will rely on him and how he plays and whether he stays healthy. No question about it. I mean, we were in that at quarterback last year. It was it was terrible. Yeah. You know, Cutler looked yeah. like a guy who never played the game before. Yeah, he looked like a guy that was really trying not to get hurt. It was, you know, that's, he basically stole $11 million. Dollars. <laughs> you know, it, 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 two, ways of look, two ways of looking at it, because I think in some ways he saved Adam Gase's job, because as bad as he was, those six games were enough just to get to the next year. And Matt Moore, I don't think, would have stayed healthy if he started from week one. 
But as yep. far as a football standpoint, it was just deplorable. As far as like what what the, yep. they really were just going through motions. It was ugly. It was it was really ugly, and uh, you know something that I, I am glad is in the past. It was not a fun year last year at all. And I'm not saying this year is going to be roses, but it's just so much better to have Tannehill back at the wheel and, and, you know, at least let it play itself out. Absolutely. You know, know, Tannehill has a bad year. He won't be here next year. Right. Or or they'll be be drafted another quarterback and then it'll all start over again, you know, because they were looking for any excuse. Trust me. He's still We were one pick away. We were one pick away from taking Josh Josh Rosen, and that was the oh, end yeah. of Tannehill. You know? Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, they were sizing up jerseys. Yeah. And when no Arizona question. when Arizona manhandled Tannebaum in that draft, <laughs> left him <laughs> left him on the canvas looking at the lights. <laughs> they were sizing it up. I mean, hey, you know, they they took Mika Fitzpatrick, who I think is an outstanding player, and I think he's going to be really good if they do their things right. But let's face it, it wasn't him who took it. Tannebaum was on the canvas, man. He oh, had just got knocked out. They they looked at the thing, and somebody else was probably like, "Oh, this is the top guy. We're going to go with him." And they they just they they just, they just filled in the blanks and did what they had to do. But boy, that was not the way. That we really have up. to send a thank you though to Arizona because uh, they, yeah. they we dodged the bullet. I think. <laughs> you think so? I think we really so. dodged the bullet. Yeah, was never uh, a big fan. You know. Well, yeah, it's on, it's on record. There you go. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. It's early. No, but, uh, in Arizona. Yeah. It's not like they're you know. It's not like they have Johnny Unitas as their quarterback. Yeah, I mean none <laughs> none of the rookies really are. So, you know, no, except for this one, one right here. Yes, that's it. And yeah, that's the only one. It's seven seven, by the way. So Donald drove down and scored another touch, a touchdown. So ten seven seven. seven. Was, was, was ten seven? Yeah, Jets just got a field goal. Uh, Stafford got picked off right after that. And the, oh really? The, uh, hmm. Yeah, they were pretty much a field goal range already when he got picked off. Wow. So that's that. All right. Well, I look forward to uh, the season and the opinions, and I'm sure uh, Rich the Lion will be will be purring there, waiting to go. All right, my friend. Welcome back. Twelve season. Uh, great to be next to you, and we'll, we'll see how it goes throughout the season. Hey, look, we got the big jet game next week. You know, yeah. you know that's that's probably like our Super Bowl now. So. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, isn't it always? No doubt about it. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week on the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. Took a look down a westbound road, right away I made my choice. Headed out to my big two-wheeler, I was tired of my own boy. Took a beat on the northern plains and just rolled that power on. Twelve hours out of Mackinac City, stopped in a bar to have a brew. Met a girl and we had a few drinks and I told her what I decided to do. She looked out the window along. 
thing. 